What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm finishing up a back-to-back double recording of Boston Bay Strength Coaches. This episode features Kevin Carr. He is one of the co-owners of the CFSC, Certified Functional Strength Coach Certification. He's one of the co-owners of Movement as Medicine. He is one of the top guys at Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning. The resume goes on and on, and you'll see through this recording of the three things how awesome Kevin is in terms of just where he comes from and approaches different uh, takes and, and concepts of the fitness industry. It's a really great podcast. Um, you will also notice that some of the audio is a little choppy, but bear with us because it is a really good episode and there's some great nuggets Kevin drops. Um, hopefully he'll be able to get on as well and do another episode with me because it was definitely some great insight that I think will help a lot of trainers. Again, sit back, enjoy, pour a kombucha or a coffee or a beer. I have no idea what you're drinking when you're listening to this, but uh, make sure it is appropriate for the time of day and I'll see you next week. No, Kevin Carr, um, strength conditioning, massage therapist, small business owner. So uh, yeah, I first just as a strength conditioning coach at Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning is kind of how it started. And then from there kind of progressed into doing, going to massage school and opening a massage business and now opening a certification business. So kind of have my hands in a lot of different, one roof in uh, Woburn, Massachusetts. So um, that's me, yeah, in a nutshell, professionally at least. That's awesome. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it was on a podcast. I've heard you, um, when you guys were doing the CFSC and, um, strength action event, um, we have a mutual friend, PJ Strebel. Um, and I don't know if it was on a podcast where I heard this or it, but what was the story with movement as medicine with how you guys got started with MBSC? Like, I think I, I heard it like Mike Boyle literally was like, Hey, I have a closet. Would you like it? So Brett and I went to UMass Amherst together, uh, Begin the uh, UMass Rec Center, and if you've ever worked out in a college gym, you know there's a lot of testosterone and sizing up going on. Brett did that for a few weeks, where you know we'd kind of lift and look at each other, and, and then continue to lift, right? But then we actually bonded a friendship over foam rolling because, of course, we were the only guy in you know 2008 who were using a foam roller. Um, so we became friends and we'd like to start a business together. Um, and we knew we wanted to be in training type of blogging in college at that point. And I had been in intern already, um, in 2008, 2009, kind of, uh, while I was in college. And when I got out of, um, school, um, I went back to the and Brendan was working in a gym, not far down the road, only about a mile away. Um, working there as a strength conditioning coach. And eventually he kind of came over and living together and working together. We decided to go to massage school, um, going to massage school. We didn't really know exactly how we were going to monetize. We didn't know, was it going to be at MBSC? Was it going to be down the road? How, how are we going to make it work? And it's a really situ- good situation of good timing. Um, MBSC expanded about, uh, 8,000 square feet, um, at the same, like around the same time we were getting out of massage school. And I would say 7,000, actually probably even more than that, um, 7,000 of that square feet is turf, is our turf room. But then there was a little office area um, there for uh, the business before us was uh, kind of like an interior decorating company. And that turf space was their garage area. It was mostly 12 by 11 rooms. 
which are perfect for a massage room. Mike and Bob had said, we don't really know what we're going to do with this space yet. And I said, you know what? Here's an idea. How much do you want for rent for this month? And Brennan and I began renting that before even school. Um, and then we immediately walked into that place and had a business uh, the day we had a license. Um, and, and we had been volunteering a lot of time at the gym, working with each other to start charging. Um, but then we were able to walk into a space and Mike and Bob were, have been extremely supportive in helping us grow that uh, connection at the gym and work at the gym while also building a business under the same roof. So a uh, unique situation that has worked well for kind of everybody involved. That's awesome. I think that's, that's so wild. I, I cannot remember where I heard it, but it was literally like, Hey, we have this like nook, like, what are we going to do with it? What was it like building? So you've got the space, you're in this place, Mike Boyle, obviously like industry legend. What was it like kind of like trying to either like grow your business in an existing business with like someone like Mike Boyle, um, who's probably, you know, like, pretty well known at the time and, and you're like kind of up and coming as you know, two students that just graduated, but what were some of the either challenges or some of the big block lessons you learned trying to establish a brand within another brand? Mm -hmm. um, well, obviously the, the advantage we kind of had manual therapists working on and off. Obviously we have John Paloff's great physical therapist also under that roof, but we didn't have time. So there was a good opportunity there. All people that we knew that, that were looking for those services. So that, that was an advantage. Now you think about some of the struggles there. One thing Brendan discussed is we wanted to maintain um, our duties to MBSC. We're kind of working as managers, even back then, kind of being right the program, managing the younger employees and things of that nature. Um, so I didn't want to take away from those things because really being able to start a business under the roof of someone else is not a lot of people would be willing to, to provide that to you. Like it, it takes a very confident, secure, you can start your business in my business. Um, that is a pretty rare thing. So we wanted to make sure that we respected that privilege that, you know, Mike and Bob do all my management and coaching duties for you. And that's not going to change. And I, I don't want to ever cross the line in, you know, divide or, or how things are done that would, I would ever, you know, um, you know, disrespect the hand that feeds me, so to speak. So we wanted to always make sure that there was a good relationship. They benefiting from us being there just as us, we were benefiting from them because obviously they're a much more, um, you know, successful that was really providing a, a, an incubator for us, so to speak. So we wanted to make sure we built a business that paid respect to that. And in doing that, we hire massage therapists because now I have three other people there who are also working as therapists who are, who are also already employees of the, um, who are already coaches who then become massage therapists because then they can treat, um, their clients with respect to how we want things done. At, and we thought that was very important. We didn't want to bring in outsiders um, who weren't necessarily in tune with the team culture of what we do there. Um, so it, it was just a challenge to figure out how to do that and then how to balance that. Cause obviously there's a lot of like, I had a full job um, and like, how do you, how do you build a system that allows you to be all of these things at once? Um, and that's always a process as the as we had responsibilities, those challenges keep coming, but they're, they're easier to figure out now that I've been doing it for a little while, but that was definitely the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point. You know, I asked because a lot of listeners, um, I think to this podcast and, and myself, like, you know, we might work in a commercial gym or work in other training studios and kind of have these, these like 
other things that we're interested in, like, you know, like you're a massage school, you're a trainer there, you're a manager there, you know, like, Hey, this can actually complement where I'm at. How do I do it? And I think that that's just a really good story to kind of bring to light. And I thank you for going into more detail about that because that's, you know, like, you know, you're one of the biggest gyms in the country. Like it's an icon and movement as medicine is a part of that. And it's almost this intertwined system that is, is pretty seamless. It's at the, you know, from the outside looking in, I think that it, that's a lot of valuable information for those that may, may be kind of in kind of the same questioning state of like, Oh, I think I can add something here. How do I go about doing it? Yeah. And the, what I've talked to multiple people who have come and asked me say, how do I, like, well, I'm a trainer who wants to go massage route. And I've always said, you have to first make sure you're in a place where everybody speaks the same language and everyone wants that fluidity, you know, in a training facility where that person really just cares about, Hey, make sure the rent is paid. The training isn't the number one focus, the, the, complimentary because then it's going to be a harder thing to do. And if you know any, if you spend any time working with Mike in our facility, he is training all train, making sure the training is, you know, at the highest level that it's complimentary, that it's working. Um, and, and that allows me to say, okay, then I, I can therapy end and making sure this all connects because that's the same thing that he really wants. Um, whereas sometimes I think, you know, you might be the young passionate person who wants to build a therapist training and, they're really just making sure that the rent's feeding it every month, right? So you got to make sure that that that, that works. Um, and then again, you have to yeah, make sure that one hand washes the um, both sides to have fair and um, you know uh, agreements that work. Place that I've done this in because it is unique. That uh, the situation we have is is definitely unique. And you mentioned you know like earlier you said you have a certification business, CFSC, Certified Functional Strength Coach, and everyone has that as kind of their common language um, at MBSC or Movement as Medicine, and and you have a hand in that as well, which makes everything seem like that much easier as far as prepping and and getting people on the same language. And one thing that I've always been like just a big fan of is the system the systemization behind that and how the CFSC is a systemized approach, common language. And you have the, you know, I, I'm sure sometimes it's, it can be tough with travel um, and delays and things like that, but the privilege of going all over the world and, and teaching the CFSC. What is one thing that you've kind of seen with either be trainers or facilities as far as something where they might mistake or misunderstand or miss the ball on as far as like a training system, like what, like the value of having a, a, a structure, a system that maybe they didn't have beforehand. They take the CFSC and they're like, wow, this is what I've been, this is game changing for me. Yeah. I, th I think that so often trainers, right? Like maybe you're a personal trainer or strength coach that works at a place and, and, or, and you're like a, or an independent contractor and you have to think of your hundred coaches um, because you're training thousands of sessions, right? And your likeliness to make a mistake is, um, you know, surgeons doing surgery or airline pilots getting ready to take a, take a flight. And what do they do to minimize the whole idea is something that was born out of Mike being very systems based, but then also our, staff reading of the book checklist manifesto uh, and if you're not familiar with that book it's a uh, tool gawande and he talks about the idea of using checklists to ensure consistency um in procedures and how to uh, re reduce the amount of mistakes and in incidental deaths and infections in surgeries um something that was implemented okay checklist did you wash your hands do you know which leg you're operating on do you know all the nurses names 
Do you have all your tools at the end? Did you sew up? Do you have of the surgery? Like all these little things that you would think, okay, a doctor doesn't, a doctor went to school for 10 years. They shouldn't need a checklist for, you know, remembering to wash their hands. But a lot of people die from dental infections because people forget to wash their hands or change their gloves or something along those lines. Um, and when then we sat and we talked, I said, um, I think we could afford to have a systems of checks and balances to make sure we all go about doing, we have about 40 coaches um, kind of through our whole MBSC system between our head coaches, our part-time coaches and our interns. And I've seen it's easy for the telephone game from, Hey, we're going to coach Hanklings this way. We're going to progress them this way. When that comes from Mike or myself or Steve or Marco or anything, even to part-time staff and interns, the telephone game changes things. People could have a whole different impression. And if you don't put things on paper and you don't approach of saying, Hey, this is how things are done, then things get off track. And in our industry, that means people get hurt sometimes. And we want to minimize that and also make training as efficient and as successful as possible. So we said when, like when we built the certification, like 90% of what I teach them in a cert, they'll agree with, they'll be able to take back with them. They'll be able to apply next week. Their logistics are different. Their staff is different. Their equipment is different. Their population is different. So I always say, if you don't agree with everything I say as far as how to do, that's okay. Like, there's going to be differences because we're all professionals. And that Venn diagram, that part where we don't overlap, might, might not really be a big deal. But the most important thing for you or for your staff, and you continually refine it. Don't just leave it how it is now. Because I'll tell you, we change our we have weekly meeting. Every Tuesday, we spend an hour and a half essentially arguing or disagreeing and saying, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then it changes on the program that week. I understand the idea of system that is adaptable so that my mom can come and work out. A professional athlete can come work out someone who's in the rehab and, and kind of work through the same ideas um, successfully, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's something that, you know, just as the more I, I, move away from coaching individual sessions to managing a staff and seeing how, even if it's something like an intern coming in, like just having a structured way to teach everything. And, and, and I, I like how it, you know, systems always evolve systems, always find a way to break. And that's when you have to reevaluate and kind of improve upon them. So it's um, it's always kind of, it works until it doesn't. Um, but as long as you can make it work 99% of the time, it's probably going to be, you know, a pretty good fit. And, and then the evolution process takes, takes its toll. Um, what's exactly. something, so I've following you on, on social media, you've posted some awesome stuff about heart rate training, um, you know, like maces and like, kind of like, like clubs, what's something that has your attention, um, in kind of the fitness industry in general right now? Right now I'm most enamored with the idea of exercise as it relates to cognitive health, to be honest. Um, for everything from like Alzheimer's, dementia, cognitive decline, but also things like depression, anxiety, and things like that. And I think that's health in our culture that we're starting to pay a lot more attention to. I think you're seeing more people be comfortable talking about things like depression or things like, you know, mental, a really strong tool in exercise when done correctly that can help people deal with some of these things preventative approaches and even some reactive approaches in training can be very helpful. And a lot of the research has, has shown that. So right that's been really interesting to me and I put a lot of my time to kind of delve deeper into that, reach out to people um, who are maybe more, uh, more experienced in the field, you know, cognitive health um, to try to understand more how we can serve people. Because the more I talk to people who come in the door at the gym, 
I say, nobody, nobody comes from my brain. That's never, they never, no one walks in the door. Nobody markets that um, to a customer because most people don't make that connection. You know, there's still that big separation where they, it's not something that gets addressed in the gym. But then when you start to draw attention to these things and look at the research that we find that that's uh, couldn't be any less true. So finding ways to try to program uh, movements and, and address biomarkers that um, kind of uh, I think is going to be more and more important. I think as the, we look into the future more, maybe that'll be a, a bigger, a bigger focus um, from a full healthcare. Definitive answer. Like you didn't miss yeah. a beat on that. You that's, that's awesome. And that's kind of not really what yeah. I expected you to go with that. And I think that that's, you know, today, 1010 is um, national mental health day. And, and I, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, like part of the thing that, that I always aim is that I want you to leave in a better place than when you came in, whether it's physically, mentally, whatever it is. And, and honestly, like seven, eight times out of 10, it's going to be like mental, like we're better when we're, you know, feeling better about ourselves and whatever it might be. And I think that you're right. Like no one markets like, Hey, your brain is going to like what we're doing right now. You know, and that's really like, when we talk about health. That's kind of where it probably should start. Um, you know, mental health first and physical health second. Um, you know, and that, that, that was a good answer. I really like that. So now I've got, you're the first ever for this. You're the first ever, this is a speed round. So this is huge. I've never done this. Let's go. Um, it's going to be pretty great. Some of these are yes or no one word answers. Some of them, maybe they have a little explanation, but I've got five speed questions. Are you ready? Kevin Carr. I'm ready. Okay. Does a Guinness in Ireland taste different than the United States? Yes. Is it noticeable? Um, yes. I think I, probably because I go in thinking it's going to taste different, but the feel of standing in a nice like dive bar in Ireland, maybe it just makes it taste better. But they do say everything uh, is, is brewed in Ireland, allegedly. So uh, maybe it doesn't, but I, th- I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, I have never been to Ireland, but I, will, I, I believe it. I've heard the same thing. Um, what's your favorite place that you've traveled to? Uh, Brazil. Love Rio de Janeiro. Again, very quick, very definitive answer. Like that was like you, you knew. Yeah, my Brazilian friends, my Brazilian friends will be uh, very happy when they hear Because I see the pictures, man. I'm like, wow, this dude is literally a globetrotter. Um, where, where do you want, like what's one place you haven't gone that you want to go to? What's on the bucket list? Uh, I'd like to go to Japan. I have not been to Japan yet. So that would be that. CFSC Japan. Let's go make it happen. Uh, we'll get there. Let's go. Um, what's the best or your favorite advice that you've ever gotten? Best advice I've gotten. I would say that is number one relationships first with the people who you're going to coach. Um, spend time figuring out about them, what makes them tick. Um, figuring about their family, their life right on that level. Coaching is very, and that's something I got definitely from Mike. Nice. And your Massachusetts, I mean, there's an unofficial rivalry between Vermont and New Hampshire because New Hampshire is the lesser version of Vermont, but on the beer front, Massachusetts puts up a decent fight. I'm a little biased. I think Vermont beers are better. You're obviously well-versed in both. All in all, a Massachusetts beer of your choice is put in front of you and a Vermont beer of your choice is put in front of you. Which are you drinking first? And then what, what is it? What, what are the two beers? Hey man, I got to stay with my people down here. Uh, Lord, hope, good friend. 
uh, Daniel Lanigan. They are breweries directly next door to Mike Boyle's Strength Conditioning. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Lord Hobo. Um, boom. Yep. That's – we have Burlington Beer Company out our back doors. Um, Lord Hobo is delicious. Um, Glorious is a favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's just – it's tough when you're in Vermont. You're in, like, the beer capital of the world. But – um, I love asking, like I had Tony Bonvecchio on, You're swimming in it. I had Tony Bonvecchio on podcast episode and I like, I literally like, I, I can't wait. I can't believe I didn't ask him which was better, a fresh heady topper or a bench press PR. And, um, you know, I know he would have said a fresh heady topper cause he's a Vermonter at heart. I know he would have said that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, 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 you're picking from the top of the pack from when we're up in this, this area of uh, the yeah. United States. There's a lot of good beer here. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin Carr, that's all I got for you, man. I appreciate you making the time to come on. Where can people find more Kevin Carr? Uh, we use the Movement is Medicine Instagram as uh, pretty much like our blog for the most part. So if you want training and how to do Movement is Medicine on Instagram, um, and if you want to catch us in person for seminars, CFSC, um, CFSC website, certifiedfsc.com, we have all the upcoming events um, into 2019 on there. So you keep an eye on that. So awesome. I'll make sure all those links are in the show note. Kevin Carr, until we meet again with an inappropriate meme in the uh, Instagram and text threads that we're in, um, I will talk to you soon. Hey, thank you for having me on, Casey. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.